Hey, Fart Lords, just jumping in at the top of the episode. Uh, new thing to tell you that our next episode will be talking about conventional airplane. That's right. The 1990-whatever action classic starring Nick Cage, Con Air. Uh, so if you want to like play along with us and our beautiful guest, you should watch that in the next two weeks. And RIP to the original trouble starter, punk and instigator, fear addicted, danger illustrated, twisted fire starter, Keith Flint. Now on to the show. Come play our game, we'll test ya. Welcome to the Deja Review Podcast, where a group of film lovers get together and watch a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has just watched for the very first time. I'm Mike Cairns. Over there is Kane Porkchop Daniel. Hi, I'm Glenn. Coffee is for closers close. <laughs> and no Seb. Um, unfortunately, Seb is under the weather. Um you know, fan favorite. Uh, so, um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, no, I'm unfortunately, um, the fan favorite. But uh, we, we got another fan favorite in. Uh, we've got our old mate Alex Heath. I am Seb C. Bass Godfrey. <laughs> and uh, we are discussing the 1987 uh, erotic thriller, um, Fatal Attraction, um, which. I had never seen. Mm. Um, what's uh, Alex? What's your history with this movie? So I went through a bit of a like little obsession with erotic thrillers in my early twenties, I think, and I wanted to like collect the whole set. I didn't get that far. I don't think you're over it. Oh no, I'm I mean, not. That's okay, yeah. That's why you started dating me because you like erotic thrillers. Hey. <laughs> was, wow. What would it be? Three minutes in. <laughs> but seriously, um, yeah. So I wanted to watch the classics. Your fatal, attra- fatal's attractions. Yeah. 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 Basics. Basics. Instincts. Instincts. instincts basics. Yep. yep. Um, and then, you know, diverge into the, the you know, you, you pick your favourites. So, like, for instance, Sharon Stone, love, love, we'll watch Sharon Stone in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a fantastic one, which I will recommend to anyone listening to this who hasn't seen it, um, called Sliver with Billy Baldwin, mm. which um, is actually pretty terrible, but they have genuine chemistry and it's actually really hot. And I think that probably is something, uh, I'd be interested in hearing your opinions on this. Yep. But I don't think the uh, chemistry in Fatal Attraction is super strong. Hmm. I don't think it's actually very erotic. I think it's, I guess, I think it's more of a psychological thriller ultimately than a erotic thriller. Yeah. Um, but they're just so much fun to watch. It's such a great genre. I think apparently Fatal Attraction was one of that. It kind of kicked off the the wave in the late '80s, early '90s to mid '90s, I guess, and then even the late '90s with like Wild Things and. That seemed a bit throwbacky then, but you know, it definitely proved the bankability of Certainly the erotic did. thriller sub. Three hundred and twenty mm. million global. It was mm. the second highest. Uh, bloody three men and a baby knocked it off it off its uh, off the top spot mm-hmm. um, for that year. But yeah. like um, the the Brian De Palma numbers, like body yeah. double and stuff, predated this, right? Yeah, but he's you know he's going for his like Hitchcock sleazy Hitchcock kind mm. of thing. I'm not saying they it invented the idea of having <laughs> sex in a movie that was also thrilling, sure, but sure. what I am saying is that it it kind of set up a, a stable, started the stable of stars that you would go to, like Michael Douglas, whose yes. butt you would then see many times over, including in Disclosure. And I was just about to bring up Disclosure. Have you mm. seen Disclosure? I have seen Disclosure. There's like some weird VR thing, right? Yeah. And like, and instead of like cool adventure VR, it's like. Filing cabinets? Is that right? I think I it is. actually that. I think it is. I haven't seen it. I've just heard uh, heard talk of that where I think it's like trying to find a password or a, a secret file and you have to yeah, go yeah. through VR oh, to do it or it's, something it's yeah. like that. It's, it's essentially Finder, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, everyone was just so excited after Lawnmower Man that uh, everything <laughs> had to be, you know. I never get saw those... Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I wanted to see it so bad, but yeah. but it was like a little bit too adult for me at the mm. time, and I kind of never circled back to it. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, can, a very, yeah. an important an important staple of Hollywood cinema of the eighties and nineties, and yeah, yeah. Fatal Attraction. No, just the the genre in general. The genre, but, but Fatal Attraction, I think, is an important movie, even though I don't think the chemistry is there, as I said. No, I mean the they've yeah they've never managed to revive the genre, have they? There's been like not in the same abortive attempts. Well, they just don't. Not the onslaught. <laughs> here's here's um, old yes. man Mike putting on his, pulling up his trousers, but um, they just don't make movies for adults anymore. Yeah, so, true. Um, because they don't, you know, the, like I was looking at the top list of that year, and it's just like the idea that this was the second highest grossing mm. film, like globally, is mental. It's absurd. It's crazy. It's absurd. And I it's R rated. Yeah. yeah. I think this was part of the reason I loved Widows so much. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was, it was a movie just, for it's adults. It's just a film for fucking adults who, yeah. like, you know, and it but doesn't still treat you like a goddamn arsehole. And it yeah, had exactly. The, had yeah. the, the sex em ups. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're into so, Viola Davis and uh, Liam, Liam Neeson, they, which they, they had chemistry, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate that he turned out to be weird yeah. and racist, but, <laughs> yeah. but they certainly had a Bring lot of. Bastard. Kane, what's your what's your history? With I don't this know, movie? man. Same old story. I saw it at some point. I yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I had, uh, again. It was probably one of those ones that I probably tried to tape. Um, uh, you know, um, oh, to, 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 to see a bit of TNA. Um, but um, not that kind of movie. No, no. And I think my, my first note is um, I don't get the attraction. Um, like I think Glenn oh. Close is incredible as mm-hmm. an uh, actor, but I don't. I've I have never found her attractive in that way, and uh, and so she's a she's what you'd probably call a handsome, handsome woman. woman. She's yeah. striking. I'm she's sure she, if you striking. saw her in real life, she'd probably be a total knockout. But on the screen, she's mm. just got that like very sort of noble bearing. Yeah. it's not like va va voom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this but... was like a like a bit of a change of pace for her. Like they mm. didn't really want to cast her because she hadn't done a role like this before, and she hadn't been like the. What did she? Be? Been in beforehand. Well, now I can't think of it. You put yeah. me on the spot. <laughs> um, definitely more homely characters, I think. Yeah, and more warm, yeah, motherly, warm, motherly, housewifey yeah. type of. Because I think both of these actors were in sort of late thirties, early forties when they made this. Mm. Um, as in Michael Douglas yeah. and um, and Glenn, um, and. Yeah, look, it but you was... you don't see yourself destroying your life over this? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, um, you know, the initial sort of, uh, what do you call it? Like when The frisson between Yeah, them. the frisson is, is, yeah. It's, it's cute. The it's party there. scene's yeah, yeah. cute. The party, the the, the meeting um, yep. when he's got something on his nose or something oh, like that. Oh, no, and, that cream cheese. I actually um, made a note. So they're in a, they're in a meeting about a book. And he he's gets a cream. book lawyer. Yeah, he's a book lawyer. <laughs> you know, one of the. I'm I mean, sure the firm exist. does other stuff. Yeah, sure, but not not Michael Douglas. He's strictly books. Yeah, he's, he's on the book account. Yeah. yeah, but he gets cream cheese from his bagel on his nose, and we're supposed to be like, oh, Michael so, Douglas, so cute. Was yeah. it a bagel? My, I thought it was a pastry. What? <laughs> <laughs> really? This is what you're picking me up on? Well, no, because because that because no, he's uh, because a bagel I, with some schmear, but there's too much schmear. It gets yeah. on his nose. I thought it was a pastry, and I thought to myself, oh, this feels kind of like, uh, not macho. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, well, I think it just kind of exemplifies the problem with my the problem to me is mm. Michael Douglas, not Glenn Close. Oh, because absolutely. He's weak chin. It's weak, but also butt shaped. Yeah. It's so much happening, and these little tiny chiclet teeth that look kind of rotten, <laughs> and I'm just like, "What, Glenn? Glenn? Yeah. You could he's no, he's not, he's just he's just nothing, nothing in this movie. Cream cheese yeah. on the nose doesn't help. He's yeah. not endearing." <laughs> I was actually going to ask whether whether you found no, uh, no, Michael no. Douglas attractive, and Did I guess not. not asked and answered. Yep, that's right. And when he's like waddling around in his with his pants around his ankles in her apartment, <laughs> which Douglas is apparently just... something that he improvised for the scene because he thought that people it's needed like a laugh moment to like release the tension of this, the hot, hot sex that How is hot happening. Is. So hot. Well, <laughs> so I also think that that is just like, it's, it's a really good example of 
how stupid Hollywood sex scenes are as well. Mm. Just ridiculously like, turn the tap on. Yes. Yeah, let's start throwing water on each other. And I was watching, um, uh, what was it called last? Uh, sorry. Um, what was it called? Um, oh, yeah, Angel Heart last night. And oh, there is a, Angel Heart. I want to watch that. There is a massively stupid sex scene in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like that thing of like, I don't think anyone's had sex like that before. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but Angel, Angel Heart is massively campy, though. Yeah. Like, like it's yeah, great. But still, like, but it's just yeah. that thing going, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, my notes on that were just like, Am I a prude for not wanting someone to like rub water on my face out of the tap <laughs> while we're doing water. it? But then, but you know what? I realized afterwards that we're so hot, <laughs> so hot that it's actually something to call back to when yes. they're fighting in the um, apartment. When he goes to the apartment to attack her, um, and he strangles her for so long um, that, she, but then releases her before he kills her. She gets up, turns the tap on, and starts. You know, um, drinking I, I, water I is supposed to be, note, yeah. yeah, matching that, um, you know, if foreshadowing, I guess, the how sex can become It deadly. did strike me as so weird. It's pretty, though. it was so weird at the time and I was waiting for something to make it make sense. <laughs> it's just, I felt like such a prude. I was like, I don't want to like get in the sink. Like they, actually she's in the sink. It's not even like just on the kitchen yeah. bench. Yeah. She's in a sink and she's like, With her hands are smashing yeah. on like dishes. The fucking caucus is on last, <laughs> yeah. last, last, last night's she lamb have stew. A, she could have, you know, a, a fork in the tukas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, it just wasn't hot yeah, at all. No. And again, like it's not hot with... Uh, but yeah, like Michael Douglas is just a very sort of... There's nothing to... Uh, like about him mm. in this movie, and so there's you've probably yeah. We're still read. meant to be sympathetic. Yes, we're meant to be sympathetic, and it's strange because he basically when they get to the first like dinner they have before they've actually had sex, he's sort of basically has zero qualms about the whole situation. Knows mm. what's going to happen. Puts the ball in her court as to do you want to go home together, and then they have sex. He still doesn't seem to have any like concerns about, oh, I guess I just cheated on my wife pretty significantly. Then they go out to the salsa dancing club and they're... (laughs) He just never seems to have... There never seems like a flicker of doubt on his face like, boy, my wonderful wife who I seem to have still got some sexual chemistry with who still, you know, looks amazing. Okay. Counterpoint to that. Yes. Like, is that meant to be kind of... uh, He's, you know, he's in that... Hot eighties kind of like uh, social strata, you know what I mean? Where they're mm. dressing up every night to go to like some book launch and stuff, which is something that occurs to me. Like people don't do anymore. Like it feels like you know the bourgeois like are further away now. You know what I mean? Like who who gets dressed up in suits and like you know cocktail dresses to go to a thing? It feels like that was more of an eighties thing, but that's off to the side. I guess you know. <laughs> I don't know. He's his 80s powerful lawyer. Like, cheating is what you do. Yeah. I think they should have. I think they needed to establish that this is a pattern for him because he was so mm. smooth about mm. it that it didn't feel like the first time. But I think we're supposed to think it's the first time yeah, he's ever absolutely. done this. Yet mm. he is just so smooth well, about it and about so it. untroubled by it. And yet, again, we're su- he's ultimately the quote unquote victim of this. Well, yeah. And, relationship. And, 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 and then you've got the, you know, the unimpeachably perfect Ann Archer, you know, mm. um, like if you're going to get, if you're going to get the perfect wife, yep. you, you get Ann Archer, mm. you know, yeah. like she's, she's, um, you know, like her in the, the, those, like White the Jack Ryan, boots. but the Jack Ryan movies as well, where oh. she's just constantly just the, the solid wife, you yeah. know, like always. The Ford yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she's just, um, just perfect, you know, and mm. always has that sort of, a smile, head to the side, sort of. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, oh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he he did that, but he's my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, but just go, to go back to that. Um, sorry to interrupt. When when um, they they go to the emergency weekend meeting about the book. Um, <laughs> which is a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't wait till yeah. I can't wait till Monday, guys. Yeah. 
they get trapped in the rain. They they go and have a drink um, to wait it out. Um, I don't, and and you were referencing that scene. He just decides. Yeah, to, he just puts the ball in her court. Uh, do you want to fuck or not? I mean, the, 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 the counterpoint to that is is that maybe that's one of the few good scenes in the movie because everything is happening underneath the surface. You know what I mean? Actually, found like kind of some uh, some interesting kind of like tension and excitement in that scene. Like I I feel like you can see behind Michael Douglas's eyes, like kind of going like, "Am I am I doing this?" Yeah. You know what I mean? I actually think that that kind of worked more than most stuff in in the movie. I guess guess you're right. There probably was a bit more nuance in his delivery of those lines. Yeah. And Glenn Close is shown to have, like, some sort of, like, agency. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and kind of, and just sort of femme fatale-ish there for a moment. You know what I mean? No, actually, that's that's that's, that's completely wrong term. But you know, like like this cool, seductive presence. Yeah, like she's deciding. She seems very mature. She's not like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This man wants to bang me. (laughs) She's you know she's like going to make a decision. She's going to think about it. She's not going to give much away, but she's still going to be yeah speaking kind of an erotically charged manner, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and. Um, sort of that uh, that uh, idea of her, you know, having mm. agency and mm. all of that sort of stuff, and then they change the ending. Mm. Um, yes, um, to, uh, because the, and um, they they had an original ending, mm-hmm. um, which is based on the short story, I think, and the and the writer was happy with it. The, dir- the director was happy with it. Glenn Close was <laughs> was happy with it. Um, so essentially, the test uh, audiences were not no, happy. No, no, the test audiences. Um, <laughs> The, as what here we go. Um, oh, yeah. an exe- a studio exec said they want us to terminate the bitch with extreme prejudice. Uh, um, uh, and so the original ending was that um, Dan is framed for a murder and you taken can sort away of see by that being set up in yeah. the, when he goes to attack her in the apartment, hmm. um, and he has the knife in his hand. Um, and you and then he puts the knife down on her kitchen bench. I assume that was yeah. leading up to her, you know, killing herself with that knife. And then, well, then so, uh, but then it says so. Uh, uh, Alex later leaves Dan's wife a message that exonerates her husband for the supposed crime without exonerating him in the affair. So essentially, she has some, you know, uh, you know, um, isn't isn't the complete monster or isn't the complete, you know, villain in the, in the, in the game. And, uh, and yeah, and then they changed it to the most rote <laughs> horror movie-ish, yeah. you know. Yeah, it um, really took a turn tonally. Yeah, yeah, it just switches and then it turns into like a, a yeah, like a, a home invasion sort of yep. thriller and the, and the, and the only person who could possibly shoot her is the, yeah. is the, is the, is the wife because she is the, she the needs, only one yeah. who is has clean hands and yeah, all needs this to and restore the the peace in the domestic sphere as her yeah mm. um but apparently so Glenn Close hated the 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 direct they had to pay the director one and a half million dollars to shoot the different ending because he ha I didn't know that <laughs> good old Adrian um, hold him over a barrel yep. Ad, Adro um but uh, it's worth mentioning if you don't know that Adrian line is like the source from which. All erotic thrillers and flash dance, yeah, and flash <laughs> dance. But he also did Nine and a Half Weeks and Indecent Proposal, yeah, and something called Unfaithful. Was that the um, Antonio Banderas, uh, yeah, the yeah. Diane Lane, Vigo, Vigo Mortensen one? Are we are talking about three different movies at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Unfaithful, two thousand and two. Oh no, it's Richard Gere. Yeah. But that was right. It's Diane Lane, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, Diane Lane. Um, and he did that uh, remake of Lolita with um, Jeremy Irons. Mm. Curious. Um, but then, so Michael Douglas tried to persuade Glenn Close, saying, it may not be the best for your character, but it's best for the movie. That line didn't work at all. <laughs> I remember screaming at Michael, 
how would you feel if they did this to your character? <laughs> Close recalls. Um, so he said, babe, I'm a whore. <laughs> so Michael well, Douglas does not some... come, come out quite well. But then she said, I called William Hurt. I he was said, say, yeah. you've made your point. Now it's your responsibility to buck up and just do it. So it was a real great time, yeah, yeah for poor Auckland Close. Yeah, um, and she apparently still, like 30 years later, still feels really guilty for how yeah. the film treats the character who she has like a lot of empathy and understanding for and sees her as, um, you know, a psychologically troubled person. Mm. This isn't really investigated at all by the film. Mm. Mental illness isn't mentioned at all. No. She's just she's supposed just to be, yeah. ah, she's just an evil supervillain yeah. bitch. Yeah. She's not, you know, a complicated person who's having a, a like a psychotic break because she's, you know, well, that, and, and, and and that's the thing, I guess, watching this movie, you know, uh, what, 30 odd years later mm. is that was my immediate thought. Of she's mm. like, oh, she's mentally ill. And yeah. like, there's, there's, you know, that's not even a, wasn't even a question. Like yeah. I, I'd heard the whole bunny boiler thing and mm. I knew all about that sort of stuff, but watching it, you're just like, oh, you're... Yep, like, and you're... if he'd actually maybe made sure that she went to the doctor after she cut her wrists in yeah. the first place, perhaps none of this would have got, you know, so Nearly derailed as, as yeah. it ended up. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, but, it may uh, as well be called Bitches Be Crazy, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, with that, should we uh, <laughs> cut to an ad, perhaps? <laughs> okay. Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Hello, bean babies. That's right, your bean babies, not the ill-fated toy bears stuffed with plastic pellets that gave rise to a modern-day tulip bubble type thing where demented shitheads were paying thousands upon thousands of dollars the stuffed toys because their brains had turned to mush. No, my bean babies, your bean babies because you love the brown beans blasting out the holes of the big bean born agains at Everyday Coffee. Sackville Street Collingwood, Little Collins Street CBD, all a welcome High Street Northcote for you sweet tooth sweeties. Everyday at the bookshop Queensbury Street Carlton for you brainiac nerds who read because you can't live a life of exquisite sensate pleasures like me. Order the everyday brown stuff online. I ain't gonna stop you, and they sure as shit aren't either. If you've listened to me talk about everyday coffee before, you just know I've got 10 things to tell you about. 10 things I can do now I shove everyday coffee in every part of me that's available and amenable for filthy purpose. Let's count them down, you maniacs. 10. Stick a USB port in my belly button and charge phones. But curiously, only other people's phones. 9. Get wild engagement metrics on everything I do. Guess who just sneezed and got 3,500 retweets, 100,000 organic impressions, and a tip of the hat in BuzzFeed's list of 100 things we're here for and are screaming about right now. This fucking guy. Ah, ah, fucking chew, motherfuckers. 8. Speak a series of code words that will make you forget how to read, like a Manchurian candidate who wears diapies and needs their parents to read them bedtime stories. Pathetic. 7. Know the difference between epistemology and ontology without stopping to look it up. 6. Effortlessly pull any discussion towards what prestige television you've watched recently, because I've become so alienated it's the only conversation I can conduct without feeling the rubber bands around my brain snapping and my fear leaking out my nose. 5. Make my skin intensely hydrophobic. All liquids sluice off of me as if my penis was made of Teflon. The neighborhood kids throw water balloons full of spoiled urine at me and I just laugh. 4. Post a series of cryptic messages on 4chan using the pseudonym Q. But I've said too much. 3. Speed read so fast I finish a book before I've started it, which I guess is bearing the lead a little bit since that means I've invented time travel. What a rascal. 2. Make Hans Zimmer's stupid bald head itchy whenever I want. Take that, you stupid Frankfurter. And number 1. Make funny top 10 lists that build to a spectacular hilarious climax. So that's that, bean babies. Head down to every day for a cup of joe or a bag of beans. It's the right thing to do, and you'll feel good doing it. Kill the 
wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. A couple of character actors showed up. Mm-hmm. I, I've got to stop saying character actor because most actors play characters. <laughs> but you know, no, I mean, it's, it's I think a we all know what that means, and it means term. they're not hot, and you can't remember their name. Yeah. That's what it. But I mean, it is it is it is a productive <laughs> term because yeah. they're not because. Like in many ways, they're superior they're not to movie quote on, stars. Yeah, they're not mm. stars. They're not being hired because to they're be Harrison Ford. You mm. know what I mean? You hire Harrison Ford to be Harrison Ford, as we have covered. Yep. Well, uh, so I don't think it's Fred Gwynn, who uh, is Herman Munster. Um, Aww. <laughs> Love the Munsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lois Smith. Ooh, yeah. She's. Just, I think she's the secretary yep. of Michael Douglas, and she's just in so like in everything. I looked up her IMDb, and she's yeah. just one of those people who has been in everything and every series, and yep. is just the perfect sort of caring. You know, like the <laughs> she's like the Anna. So she, she does so <laughs> much with a role where she has like three lines, just with her face. Just yeah. she looks at him so like maternally, but like a bit like, oh, what's my What's my boy up to? What's that cheeky boy mm. doing? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get a lot to do, but you do notice her. And apparently Jane Krakowski's the babysitter, which I didn't notice. Yes, I did spot that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's it because you see like a, so a it flash like, of yeah. her. Yeah. Um, she's basically in one shot. Yeah, yeah. she's in yeah. one shot. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, she's been in, she's been acting forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I... It was like, yeah, it was, it was that thing of like, this is entertaining enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was certainly, so you I was like, like, oh, I really get all those out. references. Now. Yeah. Like there's so many references <laughs> to do, you know. Um, it's enjoyable. Uh, it like has yeah. a lot of respect for women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, again, it's, it, uh, the politics is fairly appalling in it. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like meh, you know. Um, I, thought I, I, it, I thought it was more nuanced than I remembered it being. In that you can identify right up to the point, maybe where she kidnaps the kid. You can kind <laughs> of identify with Glenn Close's disappointment and her upset because Michael Douglas has spent like forty-eight hours with her, like. They went salsa dancing. They went salsa dancing. They went to the park and ran around with the dog. She made him dinner. That that, that running around Around the park, it was just like, all right, guys, do something that no adults have ever done before. Or just just run around the romping. They are romping. Yeah, it's just. They're romping in the park. Yeah. She's making him pasta. He calls her honey and baby at various points. And the even, dog even that comes when over things to the are house, getting, yeah. like, that's serious. Yeah. But he calls her like honey and baby. Even when things are like really hairy and he's trying to extricate himself, yeah. he's still like, yeah. gotta go, baby. Yeah. Can never see you again, baby. baby. <laughs> that's, not, that's not helping your argument. Yeah, no. I know. Because <laughs> you can Let's see. call him ma'am. You can see how spending... <laughs> This amazing weekend with someone, you can imagine feeling like you know them well enough that you share this intimacy enough to develop a really strong connection with them. And then suddenly he's like, well, bye. For you. Do you know the exact moment for me, like when, you know, you go like, oh, this bitch be crazy Mm -hmm. is, is when she calls it making love. You know what I mean? The next morning. No, that bitch be someone living in the 80s when that's what, what yeah, everybody said. Mm, didn't people no, no. just say fuck like regular people? Nope. Okay. No. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yep. Yeah. They said, I mean, for... for... <laughs> Don't they just call it doinking like everyone else? <laughs> en- engaging in the act of coitus. Mm. <laughs> the beast of two backs? Yeah. <gasps> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it makes her, her, you could have just, the movie didn't have to go as far into making her position seem understandable. They could have literally just spent, you know, one night together. He suddenly is like, oh shit, what have I done? Like, I've got a great family. I've got to get out of here and, you know, try to atone. Yeah. And then she could just completely go off her rocker and be stalking him based on that. 
but there's just something about he just really does feel like he leads her on a lot and you can understand why she's got this obsession with him, even though she's obviously very unwell and doesn't deal with it very well. Well, yeah. doesn't deal with it. Deals with it very poorly. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, but I it would, gives a lot say, of yeah. time to, like, her side of things. And it also, I feel like at least 75% of the movie, you could recut it and Michael Douglas is the villain. Um, he's so physical with her straight away when he gets angry He's choking her in her apartment at one point. Oh. <laughs> Not the good kind of <laughs> okay, choking, right. the bad Sorry. kind of choking. He's just kind of a cold asshole when he decides to shut everything down. Well, he's, I mean, okay, like I feel like I'm walking myself into some trouble with this, but, you know, he did the right thing by being firm and unambiguous. Sure. Say, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then That's... but then he doesn't seem to want to accept the fact that if he has in fact impregnated her, he does actually have a responsibility not to leave sure. his wife and children. I mean but earlier to... than that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about uh, there's just a lot of points in the film where he's just clearly like, oh, no, you can't ruin my life with this baby that you've just suddenly introduced into the – it's like, no, that – is now your problem as well, if it is indeed his, if she is indeed pregnant. We don't really get yeah, there's no... total confirmation of... Mm. Well, we do get confirmation that she's pregnant, but we don't fully he, know about he the ca- he, he calls when, the gyno. He, yeah, yeah. When, when, he's, when he's in the, he's in the library sex, yeah. he's yeah. confiding yeah. in his weird body, his yeah. weird horny body. Yeah. <laughs> his wife is very strangely young and hot. Yeah. 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 And I mean just that's not a new thing. Around. Yeah. But yeah, he just he seems super villainous to me when he's basically saying to her, Well, well, don't you take aren't you on something? He says to her, like, oh, so you didn't have sex with a condom and you also didn't check to see if she was on birth control. Yeah. And now you're like extremely surprised that anything could have happened because of mm-hmm. that. And blaming her, even though he clearly didn't inform himself as to what the situation was. I have no difficulty believing that a shitty dude yeah. wouldn't check and then No, no, I don't. I'm not saying it's unbelievable, right. but I'm saying he is shitty. And yeah. you can recut this movie, at least the f- until she really starts going troppo, um, and make him... That's the technical this, term. I that, guess, yes, yeah. that is. Mm. That's from the <laughs> DSM uh, 4. I think they're on five. Oh, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it? The diagnostic Stick, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. He's. Do you think? Mega um, do you think? Uh, like, uh, you know, the questionable politics aside. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think it's a well-made movie? I think sporadically. I think um, the the limited amount of visual style. I think it has uh, in the early family scenes. I think that there's kind of like a. Um, Bergman-esque, Woody Allen-esque, kind of um, just leaving the camera static in a pretty wide shot and just having people move around it, even if they go out of frame and stuff. Um, and, you know, uh, they, they, they do a good job of, like, really going for the smoky streets and silhouettes and yeah. stuff like that. That's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it looks relatively stylish. It doesn't look... So hack. Well, this was um, uh, it was reading uh, turned into a, like a, a stage production. Um, really? Yeah, but but using the the writer's right. original, the original ending. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, because there's not a lot that, like a, apart from some of those street scenes and the you mm. know the quasi park times. Um, then it's all pretty much you know yeah, indoors, indoors. In, in you know. Um, so and I could see how that would work. I mean, Dirty Dancing was a stage show and, mm-hmm. you know, Fatal... I mean, hopefully they had a few, you know, musical numbers in there as say, well. I was going to say, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell my wife and I'll kill ya. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, I... Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was... So you weren't blown away? No, no, but... What did you think from a technical standpoint? Did you think it was... <sighs> there was, well... <sighs> You should see his face. He's very yeah. conflicted. 
It wasn't bad. It was just sort of like yeah. Hey, I mean, it was it was yeah. workmanlike. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was better than workmanlike. I'm putting a stake in the ground here. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It was a couple of like flashes of visual style or yeah. whatever. But I mean, the even even though it's like tonally like a whiplash away from the rest of the movie, like Glenn's death scene is is pretty. Uh, I think that image of her sliding down the wall is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and the <laughs> jumping out of the bar. The bar that you know, is the... so <laughs> corny. It made me want to cry. But I was sitting there just going, when's she going to jump up? When's yep. she going to jump up? And yeah. I know there we go. Did you notice the, the shot where she's underwater and the, and the camera's in the tub mm. with her? Like her, her eyes. She has are... like these milky white yeah. contacts. Like she's like a George Romero fucking yep. zombie. And and apparently, you know, for, for a that scene about? that she didn't want to shoot, mm. um, she had, they like, like did those, like 50 ta- takes yeah. or something like that. And, uh, you know, of course they fucking did. Yeah. Um, I mean, that ties into the, like, yeah, that, that, I mean, is Adrian, I mean, is Adrian Line a creep? You've got to assume he's a creep, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't but, have that many erotic thrillers under know. your belt. I mean, just a story in my head just snaps into place of like some gross, you know, misogynist uh, director just uh, like doing a shot like that again and again and again to punish a woman. You know what I mean? Like all that shit that came like Hitchcock. to um, <laughs> Hitchcock, that stuff that came to light about um, uh, Tarantino and mm, Uma Thurman. Yeah. Kubrick. Know, Kubrick. Yep. Mm. Um, so in, in Seb's absence, we're, we're going to try it. Do it. Is that a fact? Is that a fact? That a fact. Is that a fact? Is that a fact? Is that a fact? Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> All right, so I am going to uh, try and uh, stump you guys. Um, I wish you would. Um, so uh, I have three facts. One of them is a, a little bit of a fib. Um, <laughs> I think Seb would call that a non-fact. A non, an anti-fact. An anti-fact. Yes. Um, we miss you, Seb. Um, I don't. <laughs> okay, um, fact number one. To get the desired reaction of Ellen, who's the little girl, uh, reacting to her parents fighting, Michael Douglas stood behind the camera bullying her and threatened to throw the unicorn she was holding into the garbage. Number two. Due to the long lead time between getting the role and production, Glenn Close actually spent a number of months in a mental hospital to fully prepare and understand mentally ill people. And finally, in 1988, during the film's release in South Korea, Korean filmmakers released snakes through smoke grenades um, into a, and through, through smoke grenades into a theatre as a protest against Hollywood films' invasion of Korean film industry. So. Well, I know what I think. Me too. What's that? I Guess think- goes first. Okay, great. Well, I think it's B because I'm pretty sure that Glenn Close only just spoke to a couple of psychiatrists and the full, like, consequence of the the character portrayal as a mentally ill person didn't really register with her until after it had been released and time started passing and she thought more about it. So I don't think she would have, I don't think that would have occurred. I just don't think Glenn Close is, like, putting in that much work. (laughs) Oh, I don't think that's fair. What? Well, you're both right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to. You know, Seb. I, yeah, I, you are. I love your work, though. But Well, that went as well as I was thinking it was going to go. Yep. But uh, anyway. Oh, those other facts were great, though. Well yeah, done. Because they were facts. Yeah. No, but you found them and I hadn't heard them before. Um, all right. So l- last points, I'm thinking. Uh mm-hmm. I was wondering how much, like, I know rents in New York are crazy, but apparently them moving to the largest fucking house I've ever seen <laughs> on this huge property is saving them money. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, it was a different It wasn't time. a very big apartment, like, uh, well, from what you could see. Um, but uh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, just like, we're just going to save so much money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. Bedford's probably super boring. Let's Upstate face New it. York, you know, yeah. it's an old, old building. Yeah, need a lot of work. That's true. Need a lot of painting. Yeah, mm. that they had to do themselves, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Kane thought that wasn't very believable, that these this haute bourgeoisie couple would be painting their own yeah. place. But again, like, uh, 
Anna Archer thinks that's cute. Yeah, I think she it, wants to get paint all over her fucking face for yeah. some reason. <laughs> the close up of Anne Archer after she's been painting, she has literally paint specks all over her yeah. face, including her lips, which she then goes to lick while she's on the phone. And it's, mm. I don't know, very disturbing to me. <laughs> um, I thought um, that the uh, young girl who plays Ellen was actually really Incredible. Good. So um, cute yeah, as well. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it was very believable. Yeah, that I was her she first was role. Yeah, and she didn't basically first and didn't do a great deal else. But yeah. yeah, I thought she was really good. I think that there's something going on with the like sexual and gender symbology of the movie in that she's a girl, but she's not. Uh, she has short hair and stuff. She's kind of masculinized in some. No, way. that is what her hair was like. In real life, before she got the role. Okay, man, the author's <laughs> dead. It's like it's a text. But also, can... sure. I think. Do you think because her the act, the actor's name is Ellen, mm. and I just figure, do you think especially when kids are that little, they just give them their 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 regular name as the character just to switch make it, it out. easy, just make it easy, yeah, and, and so that they're yeah, not weirded out. Yeah, because um, I mean, she would have been what six or something in yep. it, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, any other thoughts, any other points? I, I got a bunch. Sure. Um, do you think if, uh, Michael Douglas actually wanted, um, Glenn Close to have the kid, they would call the movie Fetal Attraction? <laughs> That'd be funny if it wasn't already the name of a Kathy Lett book. Oh, really? You've been beat to the punch, buddy. Okay. <laughs> do you, do, do you think with the stage play, like if they had like a... They had a little dance number. It'd be called Adrian Line Dancing. <laughs> okay, I've never heard that one. Okay, yeah. I have some serious thoughts here. Okay. Um, <laughs> have you seen Fatal Instinct? <laughs> do you know what's a kind of a hat combo move that um, a lot of films do? Is like trying to um, uh, draw sort of comparisons and give like a dramatic heft to a narrative by, like, either playing or associating the narrative with opera. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm. But the the worst part of that is that it would have actually been kind of a, a cool motif if she had committed suicide at the end like she was supposed to. Like but Butterfly, given yeah. they had to rework the ending completely, it became totally yeah. pointless <laughs> yeah, and embar- kind of embarrassing almost when yeah. you're watching it going... Oh my God, this is why they are doing this. It's because yeah. it's supposed to mirror the plot of Madame yeah, Butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I know that they've changed the ending and it's not going to. And you just kind of feel embarrassed for them for being such blowhards in the yeah. first place. Because because that's not that's not a subtle it's kind not of subtle. Oh, it ain't subtle. <laughs> yeah. Um I just wanted to get it. You remember them little like shoulder attachments you would have to phones where you could oh, those yeah. those big yeah, like yeah, yeah. pad things so that you, so could, you could just like a holster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that they they were also trying to inject some kind of symbology that I couldn't quite pass in um, Glenn Close wearing white and black. Yes, you know well, I mean? it's because. Unfortunately, I was really paying attention to this, but the whole way through the movie, whenever they were trying to create a domestic sphere mm. moment, everyone would be wearing white. For instance, yeah. in that first, the setup of the movie where you're introduced to the family, everyone's wearing white. The babysitter's even wearing white. Mm-mm. So whenever you're thinking of home and safety and family and, and goodness, mm. it's white. She's at the party, she's wearing black. Most of the time she's wearing black or like when she comes to visit him at the office, she's wearing Mm-mm. black leather. In, in that, crazy, in that jacket huge shoulder just, yeah, I know, it's a wild jacket. Yeah. It's so But big. then I think it's supposed to be kind of an ironic twist that at the end she's trying to embrace her like fertility, her femininity in this white dress that yeah. almost looks like a wedding dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, but she's well, robbed kind of, of that. like the, this this kind of like slip that a virgin would wear, yeah. like on her marriage, like yeah. like uh, Apollonia in uh, The Godfather or whatever. I thought yeah. you were gonna say in Purple Rain. I was really confused. <laughs> yes, I think that was supposed to be ironic. Yeah, really played hard. I did. De- I did definitely hey, have hey. the thought about this film that you know it gets slapped with the label erotic thriller, but when we think about erotic thrillers. They're meant to be, like, titillating mm-hmm. throughout, you know what mm. I mean? Like, this isn't a titillating... It's really oppressive, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, it's just 
all of this shit just bearing down on this Well, guy. and also, like, as Mike points out, there's so much of it's shot in interiors. Yeah. And, and Adrian Lyon used the same apartment he did in nine and a half weeks, which is apparently so small and cramped mm. that um, they could only ever fit the director, the actors, and, like, one other crew member in the room at the time when they were trying to shoot in it. So mm. I think that adds to that claustrophobia. They had to use a really long... Um, long lenses for those in order to get the yeah. shots because it was just so fucking cramped. Mm. But he just refused to use any other apartment. He apparently didn't have that nine and a half weeks magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another thought I had about it was that I think one thing that one credit you can give it in in, in terms of like kind of mixing it up a little uh, and giving it some sort of the story, some sort of interesting texture is that Anne Archer is very sexualized as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like it would be very easy. I mean, even though she is the picture of, like, maternal warmth and, like... Head cocked to the side admiring of exactly, her partner, exactly. Like, as we mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And it's a weird thing to say, but I think it was good that the movie sexualized her a lot. You yes. know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it kind of... Uh, it, it, it kind of... Made her seem like more of a character, and and I mean as male gazy or whatever as it is, but it also um, it made Michael Douglas's kind of situation more complex. Well, it also wasn't strictly then demonizing the idea of sexuality at all. Yeah, it's yeah, like exactly he wasn't just in choosing to be sexual with someone destroying his family. He was just choosing to be sexual with the person he should not have been sexual with. Yeah, yeah. They obviously had, like, a sexual relationship and and she was extremely hot. Like, mm. Yeah. Mm. Oof. I yeah. know, I mean, personal taste or whatever. Yeah, personal taste or whatever. No, I mean, you know. Vava Anatra, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> See, it seems like we're sexualizing Anarcha yeah, right now. As no, well. it's really hard. To, <laughs> uh, hard that, to be she's woke. Got that, she's got that hot Scientology thing going oh, on as well. Is she a Scientologist? Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, oh, I wonder what her Satan operating yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she'd be up there. She'd be up yeah. there. Yeah. O- OT4. Is that good? I don't know. I think OT4 is, is the one where they crack open the book where they tell oh, you like, about like Xenu and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is the weird thing, right? Like, like... I feel a segue. <laughs> well, <laughs> just all of this shit is open knowledge, all the Xenu mm. stuff as well. Like, I mean, I think that that's how they, to a certain degree, trapped early initiates to Scientology. You know what I mean? It's like you ascend, you ascend, you ascend through all the levels. And then they're like, they tell you all the batshit crazy sci-fi mm. stuff. And it's kind of like... Sunk cost fallacy. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> Fuck! Like I, I, I kind, kind of can't get out now. of this now. You know what I mean? Spend so much money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like surely any initiates into Scientology like see the shit coming now. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe there's super secret knowledge. But I think it's all been leaked by yeah. this point. Yeah. Anyway, the re- the internet really took Scientology's, uh, you know, pulled pulled the rug out from under them. Yes. Um, Alex, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just just a couple. First of all, I just wanted to say that I think the bunny boiling scene really holds up. Yeah, we didn't talk about the bunny boiling. Mm. Yeah, it's. I'm glad that it's become. I mean, I'm not really because it's pretty pejorative of women, but yeah, but it is. It's, it feels very iconic when you're watching it, and you can see why it became this term that we now use mm. unthinkingly and without really. Complete, now completely divorced from the film. Yeah, just check yeah. if you just go check it out on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. It holds up. Mm. Um, and my other thing I wanted to say was that, you know, the thing that really annoyed me about Michael Douglas is that when he um, tries to make the house look like he's been there over the weekend and not been stepping out <laughs> on his woman, his go-to move is to mess up the bed because he clearly never makes the bed and uh-huh. it wouldn't be believable if the bed was made. If he wasn't His yeah. wife would be yeah, yeah. suspicious if uh-huh. he, she came home to a made bed. Yeah. That is that just pissed me off so bad. Well, I mean it's I mean it's good. I mean that is good character stuff. Yeah, no. Right? It's right? very economical, but exactly. it was very aggravating. And again, 
Tell it's you what, def- that, that dog would have been stoked about the whole, uh, you know, spaghetti. affair. Getting a big yeah. plate of spaghetti. Yeah. You know? yeah. He gets <laughs> a little run around Central Park. Oh, he gets, yeah. He gets uh, summer spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> also, when, when, when Ann Archer and Glenn Close are doing the tussle, uh, you know, in, in the bathroom the or whatever. Well, my mind went there down. <laughs> Is this the loudest tea kettle in the world? Yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a tea kettle on the stove is meant to mask the sound of someone viciously attacking another person who mm. is screaming Smashing for their life. And, yeah. As as the and bath like, overflows, do, 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 do. <laughs> the, the shower curtains coming down. Yeah, knives are involved somehow. This and also, and also, it seems also like doesn't wake up their six year old who's down yes, the hall. Yes, I mean, that was yeah. the other thing. Like, did they? Yeah, did they? Uh, <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy who's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I mean, but I, they should have tried harder. Yeah, I, I try, <laughs> try to be. Harder. I try to be pretty forgiving of that stuff in movies as well. But I mean that. It throws you right out. It's like uh, there is no way. A, the kid isn't waking up. B, Michael Douglas isn't uh, noticing that. And also it's kind of, apart from being kicked out or whatever for a few, how long do you think he was meant to be like not with them after the- A um, week? Yeah. If that. Mm. It just kind of seems like apart from that, the one piece of penance that he has to pay is just making her a cup of tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that is that is that is the kind of uh, emotional or physical labor that is levied upon him by this film to atone yep. for for yeah. after, because, after her being in a yeah, yeah. Car because like, Anne Archer gives a cup him of tea that and he's like yeah. all right classic <laughs> the classic look that you described that yeah. she gives in the Jack Ryan movies of cocking her head to the side and just looking at him with just the most serene. <sighs> That expression. Guy. My man. Yeah. He won't make a fucking bed, but I guess if I get into a car wreck and he cheats on me and a child gets abducted and uh, he impregnates someone else, well, then I guess he's going to make me a cup of yeah, tea. At least yeah. I get a nice cup of chamomile out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I think that's uh, that's a wrap on uh, Fatal Attraction. Thanks, as always, to Jeremy Watsman for uh, allowing us to use uh, the recording spot and the massage chair. That's a new, that's a new mm. extra. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, and uh, you can get us on all the social medias um, and, you know, leave us a review or tell a friend or something like that. Um, I've been Mike Cairns. Over there is Kane Porkchop. Daniel. Thank you for your attention. At ease. (laughs) And uh, Alex Heath. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) Uh, And we'll see you again next time. (laughs) 